This is August 12th, 2020, and uh, I want to talk about uh, character development, character traits uh, today. Um, I heard a piece on NPR this morning about how um, college admissions departments are having a rough time uh, evaluating applicants, students who are applying to their colleges uh, because of the way that the pandemic has disrupted any kind of records that they normally rely on. Um, they school So many schools closed in the spring early and um, couldn't, students couldn't take the standardized, standardized test scores like the SAT and the ACT. And also, um, don't, they, the students don't have complete transcripts, uh, of grades because, uh, they missed a semester or even two semesters of, of grades. And so, uh, colleges are at a loss as to how to evaluate a student's readiness for their particular college. And as a result, uh, this piece um, on NPR mentioned that uh, they're looking more to non-IQ competencies. It's a new phrase to me, non-IQ competencies, um, such as self-control and grit. These are two of the qualities that uh, a, an Angela Duckworth has have been studying for many years. Angela Duckworth uh, is a uh, is a PhD in psychology uh, from uh, University of Pennsylvania. Before that, she got a B her BA and uh, from Harvard in neurobiology, and then went to Oxford and got a master's in neuroscience. Um, and then she spent this is important. She spent five years teaching math in the public schools of San Francisco, Philadelphia, and New York City, and also founded a non-profit summer school for low-income students. So you can imagine uh, how much exposure she's had to what it takes uh, to succeed, in, in school at least. Uh, she's, her research and her research, uh, they've studied... Uh, West Point cadets, national spelling bee finalists, novice teachers, salespeople, and students. Um, so she's developed these all these programs. She seems to be uh, has acquired quite a leadership position in in um, this field. And uh, now these uh, colleges uh, feel they have to. They have to resort to looking at these qualities. How, I don't know. Uh, that wasn't part of the piece uh, that I read. Uh, but uh, it just reminded me of, of uh, how much that is the business of Zen meditation, is developing character. Uh, Yasutani Roshi uh, is said to have declared that, uh, or maybe it was someone else, Yastani Roshi or another Japanese teacher, that uh, 
uh, Zen is the business of developing character. And uh, we do that starting with the mind. How we use or misuse the mind. There's these wonderful words of the Buddha, attributed to the Buddha anyway. Um, here's how, they, how, they, how it goes. Thought manifests as word. Word manifests as deed. Deed develops into habit. Habit hardens into character. But this whole causal process starts with thoughts. The way we manage or are unable to manage our thoughts. And, and that's why taking up Zen meditation or some other kind of meditation, I suppose, why this is arguably the, about the most intelligent thing anyone can do as a human being is to learn to work with the mind. There are other factors for sure. Um, parenting, social environment, uh, one's peers, uh, genetics, maybe these things uh, play into these uh, qualities, these character qualities such as tenacity, perseverance, and so forth. Uh, but, uh, and then it, it that's the whole nature versus nurture, this age-old uh, debate or controversy uh, in human development. How much is, how much are we sort of stuck with uh, through birth, and how much can we change? We don't have to know that the answer to that. All we have to know is that we can change. We can work with the mind and and that means uh, with our words and our habits and our character I remember uh, I had this vague memory in, in high school we were taking some kind of a college aptitude test uh, and uh, again not IQ or anything like that but I remember there's this one question. Um, do you, when, when, when climbing the stairs, do you take two steps at a time? Or more than one step at a time? And uh, I remember thinking, well, why wouldn't I? Uh, of course I do. Now, I don't know if, if that's how, <laughs> uh, how important that was in getting me um, accepted to college. Um, but, uh, I know that I was driven, uh, I was driven by fear in college that I would flunk out and bring, bring disgrace to everyone in my family and others. And, uh, so I, I studied a lot and I studied hard and uh, maybe that, uh, that simple little question and others, probably others like it. Uh, may have may tipped things in my favor to uh, the the admissions department at the University of Michigan. 
Um, I did make it through college, <laughs> but uh, there are these. There's this this very simple statement that's attributed to Calvin Coolidge of all people. Um, you know, with with uh, the advent of Google, uh, I've become a little more skeptical about uh, whom these quotes are attributed to. Um, someone said uh, an awful lot of quotes about spiritual um, development are attributed to either Thich Nhat Hanh or the Dalai Lama uh, un, un, incorrectly. Um, but anyway, this is supposed to be Calvin Coolidge. He said, Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And apparently these are the qualities that just by necessity, for lack of other measures, these uh, colleges now are uh, being forced to learn to... Uh, to take into account in accepting students under these impossible conditions. It's occurred to me as I hear this discussion, all the controversy about whether to reopen schools or not. Um, it's, it's occurred to me if, if ever, ever there is a, a good time not to be a parent and have to make these decisions, this is it. I, my heart goes out to parents. It's such a uh, it's such a dilemma. Uh, what is what is worse, risking your child's health, uh, and, and not only the child's health, of course, the, the teacher's health and the and the schoolmates' health and others, but risking the health uh, of your child and others, or possibly um, seeing your child. Um, suffer the losses of not not going to school. I, I'm. I think as a parent, I would keep them home, and do my best uh, with um, homeschooling or online education. But who knows? So, Zen meditation, Zazen, uh, you know, it, it requires some real strength of character just to sit through a round of sitting with, without moving. Some, maybe not a lot, but it, to, just to sit still. Uh, with your legs crossed or, or not, but just sitting still uh, is something. And the wonderful thing is that if you can do it 
once or five times or 50 times, each time you do it, you're exercising that muscle of grit. And you're also developing resilience. Zazen develops resilience. You see that you keep getting another chance. No matter how many times, how habitually the mind strays, we keep getting another chance. And then there's Sashin. I can't, I can't imagine anything that is more of a test of grit and patience and tenacity and perseverance and so forth uh, more than Sashin. Well, there are these, there are these, uh, um, these special elite military uh, divisions uh, that obviously you have to have these qualities to even to be accepted into the training, much less, you know, graduate, become Navy SEALs or, or whatever. But uh, it's so much safer just sitting still for hours and hours a day and uh, very possibly, how would I know, I'm not a Navy SEAL, but very possibly forging the same kind of strength of character through that. No one starts out that way. Uh, I mean, okay, granted, when we go to our first session, some people may struggle more than others, but that's not an indication of how long someone will last in Zen. Uh, some of the people who have, have uh, struggled the most in their first two or three sessions um, were able to build on that and use it uh, to persevere for years and decades. You, just with a matter of patience, um, if if we're if we're impatient when we come to Zen practice, either we'll quit or we'll become more patient. You don't just remain static at the same level. You develop patience if you do it steadily for long enough time, and the same would be for these other qualities. Zen practice in general, especially Sashin, but even aside from Sashin, Zen practice is an incubator of character. And uh, one last thing about, about Sashin, uh, we don't have to draw from the the measurements um, that these colleges now, that Angela Duckworth and and others like her, what they're using to evaluate students, uh, it's simpler than that. 
we just expect that someone will have proven herself or himself uh, by having done sitting uh, outside sashin. Uh, the 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 most reliable measure I've ever come up with when people people ask, uh, how do I know when I'm ready for sashin? And what I found just through experience, there's what other reliable measure is there? What I have found through experience is that I tell people, if you can sit for three 35-minute rounds consecutively with keening in between, that's the basic two-hour uh, evening sitting that we do at, at Rochester. If you can sit for three 35-minute rounds without um, terrible uh, pain or trouble, then experience has shown that you'll be able to go through a sashin. We always want to start people with a shorter sashin, two days, three, four days, before going on to a seven-day. But uh, that's that's what we go by. If someone can manage uh, a couple hours of sitting, that's the basic unit of sashin, and then they stand a pretty good chance of being able to persevere uh, through a full day or more of, of sashin. All right. Thanks for listening.